0: Reading from Luke, Jesus came down with the twelve apostles and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of the people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all in the crowd were trying to touch him for power came out of him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. Word of the Lord. Speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In our gospel today, Jesus is teaching his disciples in his sermon on the plain. And in this sermon, he sets up a paradox as he often does. Jesus tech takes an expected concept of who is and who is not blessed and he turns it on his head. The blessed ones are not the ones who are rich. The blessed ones are the poor. The blessed ones are not the ones who are full and laughing, but the ones who are hungry and weeping. So what's Jesus doing here? I think we all wanna be blessed. I know I do. And I want to know what to do to get blessed. But unfortunately, there are a lot of things that look like me on that list of woes that he mentioned. And I don't know how much I match up with the list of the blessed traits. How often am I hungry? Although I am a seminary student, how could I begin to define myself as poor? when I'm the recipient of so much in our society. So what is Jesus telling us today? Like Jesus often does, let's try to turn these Beatitudes around and look at them from another angle. I believe in the literal meaning of this passage. I truly do believe that God loves and blesses those are living in financial poverty and those experiencing food insecurity. But I also wonder how the meaning of these Beatitudes might change for us today. If we looked at these images more metaphorically. The first is blessed are you who are poor. I can't think of myself as truly poor nor is this something that I can realistically work to achieve. But I can relate to it if I think of poverty as more of a general state of need and lack. There are times when all of us have been in need, in need of medical care, in pra- of prayer, of hope, or just a friend. There are times when each of us have felt the powerlessness of true need. Blessed are you who are hungry now. I can't think of any time when I've ever been left truly hungry with no hope of food in sight. But I can relate to the overwhelming sense of yearning that the experience might evoke. There have been times where out of a sense of lack or scarcity, I have wanted something or some feeling so desperately, a hunger for justice or friendship or connection or even for God. Blessed are you who weep now When I was a little kid, I used to hate to cry. I would get that horrible lump in my throat and my lip would start quivering. And as much as I tried to make it stop, I could never control it. It was embarrassing, it was messy and it showed others my feelings in a way that made me squirm. But that vulnerability that is so evident in tears has always given me a point of connection to others. A kiss and a Band-Aid from my mom, a compassionate hug from a friend, or just a nod from a stranger that says, me too. And finally, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the son of man. This one is tough. I do not feel blessed when others hate me. It's awful. But I have begun to notice as I've gotten a little older that when people are displeased with me, it is usually a clear sign that I'm probably not following their agenda. And if I'm not following their agenda, then I'm much more likely to be listening to what I need and what God is calling me to do. So we see, when we look at these Beatitudes in this broader way, when we start to apply them to our lives and our experiences, we can begin to glimpse what Jesus is teaching. And there's an ancient Zen story that may also help. One day, a student came to the master's house and asked to study with him and learn from his great wisdom. And the master agreed and they sat down to share tea. The student began telling the master all about the many books he's read and the great knowledge that he already had. And as the student talked, the master poured tea into his cup. And then he continued to pour as the cup overflowed onto the table. The student yelled, stop pouring. The cup is already full. There's no room for anymore. And the Master said, Exactly. And so are you. How can I teach you? Jesus tells us over and over again in the Gospels to come to the Father with open hands and an empty cup. We cannot know God if we are full of the world and full of ourselves. God cannot be our savior if we don't even see how it is that we need him. The poor and the hungry are blessed because their cups are empty. They are intensely aware of their need for God. They turn to God for guidance and provision and fully entrust their care to God's control. Because they know their own powerlessness. And we are not any less powerless than they are. We just haven't figured it out yet. We still think that we are in control. We rely on our wealth, our comfort, and our very skilled abilities. And there's no room to feel need for God. It's only when we experience those times of hardship and the Beatitudes, the feelings of lack, of need, feelings of yearning and vulnerability and persecution, that we recognize our need for God. So how can I learn from these Beatitudes? How am I being called to live today? Well, I don't think we are all called to sell our belongings and begin a hunger strike, thankfully. But I do wonder how we might examine the overflow in our lives. What is keeping our cup too full for God to fit? What do we turn to instead of God in those times of need? In the Beatitudes, Jesus calls his disciples and us to self-examination and reflection. How am I like the poor and the hungry and those that weep? What parts of me have that same desperate need and emptiness? maybe not the same circumstances, but the same need and desire, that same lack of control and power. The more that we can get in touch with those places within us, as painful as they are, the more that we can see our need for God and the more open we are to receive God's grace and abundant love, And in the end, the more room there is for God to change our lives.